Yeah, so I think probably, um, you know, the first thing with any clinical scenario is making sure your patient's safe. Um, hence why I alluded to the fact of, are they hemodynamically stable? I'm not just saying, are they obstable for the sake of it? What I'm specifically looking for, which is what the higher candidate will score on, is are they overloaded with fluid? Hence their saturations are low. Are they overloaded with fluid? Hence their blood pressure is high. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, so first of all, are they safe? Getting your potassium off the lab. Um, and then there's two things that you need to decide on really quickly. Um, is their potassium high? You're waiting for that from the lab. And secondly, is are they fluid overloaded? They're the two very, very acute indications that you're going to need to start thinking about hemodialysis. And so once you've established that the fistula is in fact not working, um, because as we talked about at the end of the last video, sometimes there's confusion about that. So once we establish the fistula is 100% not working, and don't focus too much time on that in your scenario, but just noting that, um, are they overloaded and is their potassium high? They're two of the main indications that we're going to need for um, whether they're going to need urgent dialysis. Great. Yeah, so um, that's uh, exactly correct. Yeah, so just getting the potassium early um, and that will help you uh, because if you need to sort of initiate emergency management, you don't really want to delay that um, because even in practice, even in the kind of, um, emergency scenarios once you decide you need to put an emergency line in and dialyze someone you know often there will be delays you know you need to get the patient consented you'll need to wait for the clotting to come back you'll need to get all the kit together get the ultrasound scan the patient put the line in tell the dialysis nurses and then hope that the dialysis nurses have got a slot for you quite soon where you can dialyze the patient so um, often the delay is longer than you would like so you don't really want to be sitting on um, a high potassium in those scenarios especially if there are ECG changes. Um, I think um, yeah that's probably something that I didn't specifically ask for was the ECG I got the gas back with a potassium of 6.8 and I suppose at that point you know you're going to treat it but for the sake of an interview i think to be more complete you should just ask for the ecg and the minute you hear hyperkalemia just treat it i think you know i asked a bit more about something else and i think just get in and treat it because god forbid you forget to say that you would treat it so just say that like a reflex yeah um and so um the other things it's important to consider are the yeah, amount of time on dialysis because um on hemodialysis and indeed on peritoneal dialysis, but perhaps less so, your urine output tends to tail off over time. So people who've been on dialysis for um, a few years often have no urine output or very minimal. Uh, and so, as we said before, those are the ones who are more likely to, to um, run into trouble. And a very quick objective measure of that is what their weight is comparing to what their previous weight is. Um, yeah. Important. And you answer this question with that, if you know, if you're saying, because every candidate will go in and ask for the OBS and ask for the potassium, but the higher candidate will start saying, is this person a new starter? What's their urine output? Um, and they're the kind of things that will separate you from someone who's, you know, read a bit more around about renal and has a bit more of the lingo. Like, are they a new starter? Do they pass urine? And this is why I'm thinking that, because you're thinking that kind of two steps ahead each time. Yeah, and the same thing kind of applies about the, to the higher candidate about thinking about um, the patient's access history. So many of these patients have been renal patients for many years. They will have had lots of lines or fistulas, fistulae, sorry, and um, 
um, it's important to try and get engaged uh, as to whether or not this will cause any problems for you. Um, particularly people who've had lots of um, veins in the neck may have central stenosis. Um, and actually that may, there may be clues on examination about that because there might be scars from previous tunneled lines, collateral vessels on the chest, or even a swollen head and neck or mm -hmm. swollen up. So those are, again, things that a higher candidate might look for. Um, yeah, again, can, uh, and you can mention that as part of your examination. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking for that. And I think if somebody did say that in an interview, you'd immediately feel like they were the higher candidate. Um, exactly. And so other just technical aspects, most people who've had a fistula will have had it scanned at some point. Um, and the higher candidate will talk about that and, and know that each fistula is different and there will be anatomical considerations which may be relevant to this case, such as stenosis, or um, perhaps it's really deep and that's why they can't feel it buzzing, et cetera. Um, yeah, and I think also just commenting, as you said already, Alex, about the weight gain, just put all of those things together and you start to passing urine, what's the weight and what's their, what does their potassium normally run at? Um, yeah. And that's what you want to think about. Um, and when you are treating hyperkalemia, Obviously, some of you will have worked in departments where, you know, you have lacalma or pterma or whatever, um, but you can't assume that everywhere will. So say that you'll have a medical management and then you'll have a potassium binder if. Yeah. And so just to, just to clarify, so lacalma uh, is the brand name for sodium zirconium cyclosilicates. It's one of the uh, new potassium binders and it's now sort of being incorporated into the Renal Association um, guidance for hyperkalemia. So it's really worth looking at those guidance the guidelines before your interview because um don't have to look at the whole document because it's many many pages long but there are some quite useful diagrams and flow charts and things um, and there are some nuances in that that will distinguish the higher candidate from um another candidate in particular one of the, re the recent changes um is checking a pre-treatment uh, glucose level uh, and it's if it's less than seven then you may want to run a bit of background uh, glucose to prevent um, hypoglycemia with the insulin dextrose. So that's a relatively new change. And I think if you started showing that you're thinking about that, that again would point out to a, um, a higher candidate. Yeah. And again, if you can quote the Renal Association, you can quote the Cadigo guidelines, you can quote these things. If you just even get that word in there, you know, Definitely. it's a yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I don't think I have anything to say. We haven't covered. Have you got anything else? No, that's good. good. All right, well done. Good Bye. stuff.